a tweet or an X has just come in from Leah Bassett too. Bing. Hot off the press. Question for the pod this week. If we do go on and win the flag, is it reasonable for me to change my son's name? Now he's pictured here. Looks amazing. Looks good. He's footy gear. From Oliver to Oleg. <laughs> there he is. Yeah. Now I'm going to say Leah. Not only is it appropriate for mm. you to change your son's name from Oliver to Oleg, but I think you should give the young man a full back tattoo in Belarusian, the East Slavic language, mm. in honour of the great man and just spell out the words to good old Collingwood forever. And pin a moustache and the baby. Maybe do it small so when little Oleg does grow, you know, it's not distorted, but um, I absolutely think a Collingwood premiership is worth tattooing children, probably the only rare occasion, mm. um, and you won't get any arguments from them when they turn 18, of course. In fact, is- leave some room for other mm. premierships, future 20, premierships. 22 other names. Is Oleg Belarusian for Oliver in the same way that Pierre is Peter? That's a good that's a good question. We maybe we should put that to Oleg. Oleg would come on the pod. He'd be he'd, he'd, be, on, well he'd with, be a good pod with Pi. He'd Hard. be great. Mm. Now, Alex, I was thinking on the weekend, uh, I've been getting into AI a little bit. Right. And I've been thinking about just for your homework or No, no, no. This is just this is just my wandering thoughts. Okay. Um but you know, obviously we're we're starting to talk the P words back. Mm. And Did it ever go anywhere? I think it maybe disappeared for 25 minutes, mm. but it's back. Do you think AI will be able to bring back the WEG premiership poster? <laughs> I thought you were going to say bring back WEG and some kind of cyborg. <laughs> that like, would be good. That's even better. Someone but called yeah, me Robocop you know the WEG style? Um, yeah, I do. I mean- it's a good question. I mean, this is a this is a question that goes to the heart of a lot of anxieties about AI. Can mm. AI do art, or is it yep. just this shameless, you know, derivative cyborg? Yeah, aka every other AFL graphic designer. I mean, yeah. Let, let's be honest. I'd, I'd rather an AI generated wig than the Mark Knight ones. I mean, let's let's just be honest. Mm. Um. Yeah, I'd rather a Web three version or a Weg three version. So, what would you put in? Type into the large language model. Um, Weg, Collingwood twenty twenty three Premiership poster in the style of Weg. Good, I think. Would you um, allow it to feature or prompt it to feature player tattoos, aka oh, the no. twenty ten version? No, I've got a big issue with that one. Didn't like it. I thought, I thought that Didn't was cheap. Like the Dane Swan magpie. No, no, no. No, I don't think it was. Oh, necessary. but that wasn't Weg, was it? That was Knight. No, that was Knight. Right. Yeah, yeah that was after the. Yeah, Knight's had a run. Handover. Well, Alex, I'm pretty sure there's a harder out there with a um, juiced up HP Notepad book <laughs> or Dell that could potentially help us out with that Weg Premiership poster. But I think it's it's time for Mark Knight to move on, and I also think it's probably time for us to move on because we have a very very big pre pre preliminary final episode of Pie Hard. So let's get straight into it. This. Is pie hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that 
This was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. Wolves had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. He's going to have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable with myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Okay. Um, whoa. Jeez. Bit to unpack on this episode, but let's start where we usually start after a win, and that is with the segment we call Red Wine Replay. Mm. Alex, do you have a, uh, a snippet or segment from the game and an accompanying uh, beverage? Not only do I have a snippet from the game, but I feel that as we get into finals, the the wine selections become should become more um, top high shelf. quality, top shelf. I agree with that. I'm going to go with a frizzante um, sparkling Shiraz. Right. And I think it matches really well with one frizzante Isaac Quenor. Yes. Chilled. Now, chilled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely I mean, chilled. If that guy's not chill, I don't chilled know who he is. Chilled as fuck. Yep. Two things caught my eye. Or one thing caught mm. my eye and one thing caught my ears. Um, you've got to really talk. You've got to walk the walk to be able to talk the talk. And as I was crossing the bridge of Birrangma in the aftermath of a glorious qualifying final victory, I like to don the headphones and tune straight into, you know, some of that after – after Fanfare. match waffle that goes on um, oh, right. some of the radio stations around town. I forget which one it was, but Isaac was interviewed in the rooms and he came out and said, I think they asked him about fragrance. And he said, yes, he has selected his finals fragrance, fragrance, which um, right. was heartening to hear because we know he's is got this, a shit ton. Is this the one he made or is it one he's is it off the shelf? He didn't specify, but I think mm. that it was um, – it was interesting because I think he said that he's not um, someone usually who sticks with a fragrance. He likes to see how it feels. But he intimated that he had selected a fragrance to run through the finals. So he's going to stick fat. Yeah, good. Um, and then he divulged his not just finals motto, but his motto I think for life and for football, which was look good, feel good, smell good, play good. Yeah. And um, if Hard to argue. Hard to argue, but if there's one player, and I'd say in the AFL, who could deliver that line, it's own. I mean, only Isaac can actually yeah. get away with that. Yeah. If you had someone like less cool, less frizzante, yeah, um, trying to latch onto that kind of poetry, that would just be an absolute fucking tryhard. Yeah. And of course, um, paired uh, red one replay uh, on the couch watching Isaac's two final quarter intercept marks. Yeah. It was one at four minutes, which was. Just all time. Um, yeah. You've got the time codes. That's great. I went back and mm. did, did the red one. Yeah, we are in the finals, aren't we? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. With the um, with the sparkling shreds already. Yeah. Hence the teeth, as you can see. Yeah. You've got the but, projector going on, like Howard Hughes, you're snipping and cutting. Mm, exactly. Film, sticking it together. I love it. There's no limit to my dedication. Tissue yeah, boxes the on the feet. intercept mark was four minutes from 20 and- mm. It was he. He really backed into blindly 
backs right. into the mm. path of one. Well, he didn't know what was coming. I mean, that's the salient point, isn't it? It's just pure bravery. Yeah. Bailey Fritch yeah. um, could have cleaned it up, cleaned him up, mm. but didn't. And, um, yeah, at seven points the margin or something of that nature, that's critical. And then right at the end with only 30 yeah. seconds to go, he, he also he was one of the last pies to touch the ball and he yeah. um, took another insert mark. But to see a boy who's come through the academy, it's almost like seeing your own son come through, you know, the different yes. um, levels of school. Your de facto son. Yeah, Absolutely. And just to see, just to see them come up, you know, through the ranks and develop in front of your eyes, it's mm. a gorgeous thing. And I think Isaac is now, perhaps, or definitely for the first time, getting the appreciation and the attention that he deserves because he's become an absolute stalwart, and it's it's poetry the way it's developed in front of our eyes. I love, I love the. I th- I'm not sure if it was the same interview as the radio one or if it was on Channel Seven or whatever, wherever I caught up and, and heard it, but right. They asked him about that moment where um, he took the mark, mm. you know, with, the, with the, the Melbourne throng, you know, lining him up essentially. And he said, I was fully expecting a knee to the head. Mm. Exactly, yeah. But we- he said something along the lines of if it was going to happen and I was going to go out, well, then, you know, so be it. It's one thing to say that, but speaking from experience and, you know, you've, you've <laughs> yeah. had experience. Not- not experience on the MCG your, from yeah. 93,000. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Relevant experience. You know, yeah. as, an, as an amateur. You've, been, you've crossed the street once. Yeah, you've crossed yeah. the street. Just jack in the pack, you know, speaking from Drunk. that kind of experience. Um, mm. You might think that you have the bravery, but when it comes down to it, you, you don't. And yep. <laughs> you, you feel like, okay, I'm going to back into the back here. But you visibly flinch. Yeah. It was a... Big big game from Quainer, and we 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 love seeing him blossom into the uh, just fucking cool mm. cool ass guy he is. Um, okay, I've gone with the uh, Monte Rio proprietary Red Skull Californian twenty twenty one. It's an easy drinking red mm-hmm. produced from organically farmed and carbonically macerated Petite Syrah, Mission, and Zinfandel um, grapes. Zinfandel, Notes of ripe berries, yeah. red currants. Mm. Cherry compote and sweet spice lead to a lingering acid-driven finish. Serve chilled and enjoy. Now Another chilled that, one. We've both gone chilled. We've gone chilled, haven't we? Isn't compote something you put on your dessert? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. A berry. Not okay, so I've, I've, gone, I've gone with two and they're slightly extended snippets. Radio. Getting greedy. Um, getting, getting well, we're starting to feast now, so we can we can go for the top shelf wine, and we can also just be a little bit excessive with our red wine replays. The first mm-hmm. replay I'm going to pull up is the entire game, but focusing <laughs> on Will Hoskin Elliott's four quarter effort. Oh yeah, and I even there was even a point where my dad, who on this pod has famously not been a card car- or a badge carrying or a badge wearing. Mm. Supporter of Will Hoskin Elliott, but he turned to me and said that Hoskin Elliott had played a, 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 a ripper game. It's the Hoskin Assance, isn't it? Because for it some is. reason he's been a target. Yeah. For unnecessarily, but even even leading into this game about, you know, selection quandaries and mm. quagmires and who would make it in and What's funny, it's like even even on this podcast and privately, we've we too have kind of doubted him, but in a really vague way. And we've also always caveated it by saying Look, clearly the coaches see something in him, but 
you know, and I always said, look, it's flexibility, right? He can go wing, back, forward, whatever. He can do what you want. Versatility, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's always been for us and, you know, everyone, there's been this slight doubt is like, is is he? Is he in the best team? And mm. well, judging from Friday, Thursday, deservedly so. Absolutely, absolutely. And I look, I I could have gone there's there's so many there's so many red wine replay efforts here, but my second one is I'm gonna now I don't even know if he's going to play in the prelim, preliminary final, but just the roar when Ginevan came on. Mm. Um, now, there were some loud moments in that game, but when Ginevan came on, it was, it, was, it was pretty big, pretty big. It's become signature, isn't it? Too? We've spoken about, we've spoken about not, not really ever hearing that before when a player comes on the ground. Yeah. Um, you might get it with Nick Dacos, but then he's probably going to start on the ground, so it won't happen, but... Um, what it is, is it's like the Collingwood Army making a point to back in their player who they believe has been, you know, falsely maligned. Yeah. To kind of get behind that figure yeah. who's so divisive in the football world. Yeah. And, but it, I expected that to happen kind of yeah. last year when the, the ducking controversy was at its height perhaps, but it's, it's kind of continued on into a signature thing just for Ginevan. Yeah. Uh, well, I actually didn't like I didn't like the duck attempt or the high attempt, whatever you want to call it, in the game. I thought that was I thought that was misjudged. You mean uh, you didn't like him doing that in the in the in the last quarter? Yeah, you didn't like him ducking. Moment. Is what you're saying? No, I didn't. No, I didn't like it. I didn't like him going yeah, for that well, high free. Yeah, I mean, and it wasn't paid. So yeah, obviously the umpires cottoned onto it through the media furor, and mm. then they adjusted too severely. And now perhaps, we're not really sure yet, we haven't seen him enough, mm. perhaps they've moderated that adjustment Attention. so they will give him some but not others, which is the way it should be. I mean, if it's a clear duck, it's a clear duck. The, the whistle was put away, I think, for the majority of that game. I think it was definitely a, a finals atmosphere sort of umpired game where mm. a, lot was, a lot was left. But my, 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 my final points on, on Ginevan, I really like him in the sub role. And Are you familiar with um, Flavor Enhancer 621? Is that MSG or something else? It's mon- monosodium glutamate. Right. Now, it is in, I think, 60% of food. And it just, you just add it to a dish to just bring the flavor, I guess, to the front of the palate. Heighten, heighten, heighten the flavor. Heighten the senses and, and heighten the taste. And I very much feel like Ginevan is Collingwood's MSG. Mm, gives you funky like, dreams too, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it has killed, but that's... <laughs> I think that was a long time ago. It is. I spoke to a scientist once and they said it's completely safe. I mean, in Japan, it's in everything. But um, I think this was an asthma attack. But let's. let's you just sounded like Trump. I spoke to a scientist. Completely safe. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. you can inject bleach. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, that's a cold. But, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, if we're, if we're thinking of, of Collingwood football, footballers as either spices or, um, mm. or additives to add to food, I think we've got Ginevan as um, MSG, but then we've got Nick Dacos coming back for the preliminary final. Now, what would you what would you say Nick Dacos is in terms of some kind of food uh, flavor enhancer? Cayenne pepper. It can pepper. be natural. Cayenne pepper. You know, like if you just get a wa- little waft yeah. of cayenne pepper, it's right up your nostrils and like, yeah, ooh, like, uh, <laughs> it was a Give little bit me. more sought after. I thought it was maybe a black truffle. 
Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Would so he be a shaved? Saffron? Would he be a shaved like just on an omelet? Yeah, you could. Or be caviar. A, yeah, he could be a shaved. You know, I've got a um because we just moved house, as you know. Mm. Um, it's kind of why we missed the pod lot, like whenever it was a week or two ago, because I was just. Did we miss one? No, we we did a little. Oh yeah, just, we did. No, we, we did maybe it. it was a bit late. I don't know. We had we had a few a little bit of time off. I, I do my, one from Singapore. Yeah. Anyway, and you move a house and you miss one. We had a break for a bit. Says a lot. We didn't want to, but I was neck deep in shit, literally, moving house. Mm, okay, you know, yeah, fair enough. Is. But um, one of the benefits of moving house was that I found my truffle shaver. Um, <laughs> still in its plastic. <laughs> We've just lost 3,000 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be the only one listening right now with a truffle shaver. Do you have a truffle pig? Do you have a truffle hound? Um, well, that was going to come next. Yeah. <laughs> you lease one. Yeah, I should lease one. Yeah, I think the dirt where I live is absolutely like nothing can grow in that dirt. Um, Do you reckon arid. Victoria Park has truffles? If we, not, took a, if we took a beagle through the... Um, not to be confused with dog turds everywhere, which you know about. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, the... Collingwood truffle. I've never used the shaver because it's still in its plastic. So I obviously bought it with mm. grand schemes in mind. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Becoming a yeah. sprint. I think it was like for a dinner party we're doing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so yeah, I'm going yeah. to shave some fucking black truffle on top. Mm, I'm going to mm. wow people. Is that before you saw the price of truffle? Yeah, yeah. I never even got <laughs> the truffle. Started shaving some cherry tomatoes on the table. <laughs> I never got the truffle. <laughs> just some and grapes. I, I never used yeah. the truffle shaver. But Fair enough. now that I know that Nick, and I think it's a good shout. I don't know what I was mm, thinking about you. with cayenne pepper. That's a horrible fucking substance. I put you on the spot. I put you on the spot. Yeah, it just came because it's hot and spicy. Mm, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Caliente. Truffle's brilliant, but shaved truffle on top of like mm. a thick ribbon of, you know, tagliatelle. Well, that's it because the dish is already beautiful, but you're just you're just topping it off, topping it off. Just, yeah, yeah. Just adding to just adding to it. Yeah, yeah, we missed that. We missed that truffle because without the truffle, <sighs> it could be just like a lapoqueta. Um, it could be, yeah, a yeah, good, yeah, yeah, a good solid main with the truffle can, on top. It's like woo. You can put another forty on the top as well. Oh, it's elevated. Yeah, it's elevated. Um, all right, let's talk about the Melbourne game because, mm. well, we're not going to we're not going to do any preliminary final stuff, right? Because that's next week. Next next week. Yeah. So we are still we are still looking slightly backwards now. Aside from the uh, Coles big red hand um, appearance at the uh, coin toss, was there anything else about the Melbourne game that potentially uh, piqued your interest? Well, the lead-in was interesting. We you you tend to forget this, sweep it under the carpet when you mm. win because you're overcome by the emotions of winning. But there was a fair bit of consternation in our WhatsApp group about the noble omission. Um, From you? No, I, I felt that everyone was pretty pretty anxious about John. Do you think I was? Was I anxious? Uh I can't remember. Were you callous? Were you? you were just cold? No, I don't think I was callous. I think I was, I was steely. Steely. Mm. Yeah, steel is cold. Trust the process. Speaking of additives, I mean, that's Salt mm. Noble. And I was worried. Yeah. I Melbourne. was literally, my main concern was that the synergy, the unspoken synergy between pepper and salt, yeah. um, you know, Queen Oil and Noble, and the rest of the back line, like that's, a, that's something you can't yeah. measure. But the there. Collingwood flan. The and Collingwood then, flan. Yeah, the Collingwood flan. And then you suddenly change ingredient. It's like mm. take, taking a green out. You, you better hope it's mm. not the eggs, you know, because nothing's going to stick together. No. So I was like anxious and I didn't really get it. Um, even though we were v- uh, vocally in support of Markov and we have been for probably months now, certainly the last kind of month. Certainly after that 17-minute video. 
Yeah. I mean, we've always loved the guy, but now we're like, oh, yeah. actually, this guy has to play and he's no longer a sub, which yeah. I think everyone agrees with now. But anyway, I'm just, we didn't know. I didn't really know why they decapitated Markle, uh, Markov. <laughs> I almost said Markle. I didn't know why they omitted Noble at the time, aside from the fact you can't fit everyone in. But um, so quite a few nerves um, arrived at the game um, and wanted to sit with my brethren but didn't get much of a choice. So I ended up kind of with uh, quite a few Melbourne supporters around me. Mm. And um, it became evident very quickly. And I love this about Collingwood. Collingwood's good at big games. Like I'm happy to put that on the record. I mean, perhaps that's an obvious statement. But mm, if we're looking no. since this century, right, Yeah, <clears throat> we show up yeah. in big games. We don't get pantsed. No. Um, aside from perhaps 2003 grand final when we got flogged by the, the Bears, I think any defeats are going to be relatively close. And what I love about that is when Collingwood shows up, you know it pretty quickly. Mm. The 2010 era team would just have these blistering starts with like, you know, the anvil kicking leg spin goals yeah. <laughs> 80 metres. Shanking one from 60 out and then hoping it would yeah. potentially land on its on its axis and yeah, exactly. gyrate through. And then on Thursday you had that sense and you would have felt it. Uh, we all felt it. Within the first few minutes um, you had that, the vibe, vibe was up, um, the energy, the dancing feet, the tap dogs. As we said yep. last pod. Tap dogs. Yep. And um there was a, a tangible sense that we were here to play. And it was it was really, I think, from that first five minutes and with Bobby kicking the first two. By the way, I said last week that you've got to start Ginevan, I think, because he's he's the fire starter. He might kick two in the first quarter and ignite the magpie crowd. Well, Bobby did exactly mm. that. Sure did. So Doesn't, have you noticed with Bobby Hill that he never takes a bad photograph. Like every, every sort of, you know, and Michael Wilson, shout out to the, uh, to the goat, mm. the photographer, doesn't take a bad picture himself. But Bobby Hill's celebrations are always, they're always marquee. Mm. He did know, the, something he did about the that pleasing guy. jumper celebration, which is always like, I think that's a threshold you cross when you pull the jumper out like this and you show off the colours. That's mm. saying, I'm here, baby, I belong, I love this club. Yeah. And 12 months into his, you know, career as a pie, mm. we love him too. I mean, he's, in, he's now embraced. Yeah, we do want the, we want, want to see more of the jumper, the jumper tugs, the forward jumper tugs. Yeah, it doesn't make so much sense if like Sidebottom does it because like, yeah, mate, like you are Collingwood. Like you yeah. were born, you were born yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're a, right. That's a good, that's a good start point. start playing as an infant. But if you're doing it as a... Statement of belonging. Yeah. That was great to see. But, yeah, Bobby yeah. Early, um, the fire starter. And I, the other thing I'll say, Damien, is uh, maybe I'm fast-forwarding here, but the discourse around Melbourne losing the game, mm. I'm just like, come again? Like, it's like the eye test being at the game. I felt all day mm. we were the better side. Mm. Now, I know that they had... Um, a glut of inside 50s, especially right at the end in the fourth quarter. But when you're kicking shit like sky ball, shallow inside 50s against a team who's notoriously good 
at rebound 50s and scoring from defense. And we've got numbers back. You can't tell me that's not like a massive strategic win from McRae and his cronies because, yeah, like, okay, it says in the stat sheet that the ball is crossing the 50-meter arc, but the way it's doing it and also the way it's feeding our offense means that certainly for three quarters, if not for longer, the sense was that Collingwood was the better side. So I don't take this like kind of Simon Goodwin revisionist history thing where it's no, like, oh, no, we, we lost the game, we, should, we could have won it if we, you know. They, they, didn't, they didn't look great, uh, Melbourne. And if we were in a position where we're 20 points down at three-quarter time, obviously we would have put on the afterburners, <laughs> but we weren't. We are 27 <laughs> points up, so we, we played the scoreboard. You've ripped the can off the worms now. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's get dark. But I'm I'm I wasn't surprised by the by the uh, the end result. I'll be honest. Um, but I was really surprised by the amount of butt hurt demons on Twitter. Oh, and it started with it actually started with the coach. I think the coach the coach yeah, really set, set that mm. the coach set that set that wheel in motion the when he bitching and moaning. And I saw someone call him Goodwinge, which I thought was fantastic. Nice. Simon Goodwinge. Yeah. Very good. Um, but, yeah, he really set the tone mm. for that, that shit that followed. And, oh, my God, like just the amount of I, – I, I got off it because it was just gnarly. But mm. the amount of like, I don't know, just hectic takes that are still going. Mm. It's like Monday, but they're still just sprouting, you know. And the elephant in the room is that – I've heard it said, and I tend to like agree. Like mushrooms in wood chips. Melbourne has like a generational list for them, right? So they've got probably their best three players ever. Um, Petraka, Oliver, Gorn, playing together. I think the elephant in the room is like they're absolutely desperate to win a real flag, not an asterisk flag. And like everyone's desperate to win a flag, but they feel that this is their opportunity and, and the script should mean Mm. that they're a transcendentally good side and they beat a team like Collingwood on a big night. Yeah. And I just think from very early on it didn't go to script for them. Yeah. We jumped well, I, f- I, f- I feel like it's that it's equal parts that, but it's also equal parts based on what you said. With a list like that, mm. the, it's, it's looking more and more likely that that return on investment is a bust. And I think they, they desperately need at least one more premiership, not just because of the asterisk, and that's a big one, but to validate having those three or to having mm. that team and, and invested in it. And, 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 and in many ways, probably it's fair to say probably that you should have played, you know, in, in more premierships, whether they won them or not, but... Again, I, I kind of blame. Is there a more unlikable ex-pie than Gary Pert? <laughs> well, that's an honest question. I'm not sure he was that likable as a pie, let alone as an ex-pie. He wasn't, was he? But I just, just something about that guy, and I don't know if it was the Hummer with um yeah. with Travis Cloak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's a reason why Travis parked in his space. Um, you know, there's a reason he was targeted by the playing group and then ridiculed online. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a bit. There was a bitching and moaning thing after the game. Um, but you know, to put it in context, Goodwin knows that they have to play again, and he has to keep spirits up, and that it's too late to kind of change much. You can only really tinker, mm. and so he has to then 
Cret narrative in the rooms where he tells them that they played well and he keeps their confidence flowing. Oh, my God, Otherwise that shit about them. Otherwise, they go out that, next week, you know. That, that Goodwin move of like um, putting all the stats up on the whiteboard so they could all see mm. all the stats that they won. Except the important yeah, one. Except for one. It's yeah. just. It's just like it actually was know, watching Goodwin and then all the moaning on Twitter and all that reminded me. Yeah, the other time I felt that type of disdain and frustration was Trump like denying the election result. It's when there's like two versions of reality. Yeah, it's like I'm just we're, we're just going to say something here which is patently not true, but it's important that we believe it um, for our own purposes. But yeah, look, they, they still might come good. Um, it's a long way. It's the long road. And yeah. i got to say, the nerves weren't just around John Noble. Um, they were around Melbourne being good, a good team with a good list and, you know, there's no reason why they couldn't do well. They were also around the fact that if you lose, I felt that if you lose that game, you lose the grand final. Like you, you lose your chance at a premiership. I said it last year. It's like when we mm. lost to Geelong by one goal. Yeah. Yes, technically with stay. all the heart and courage and Yeah, you know, but not really. Yeah, yeah, it's just so yeah. hard. It just That's what you so think hard. that's what you think as a player when you when you're on the wrong end. You think there's a, there's a, still an opportunity and you come back, but the reality is it's it's snuffed at that point. Let's let's talk so let's talk a bit more about Collingwood because I think we I think it wasn't our best performance of the year. I think we were what did I say? I call it like a seven out of ten. I thought, um, you know, there were there were a lot of incidents. I thought, thought Jamie Elliott was off. You mm. know, I think Dacos we could have. That's that's that was probably quiet. the most frustrating thing about the the um, outcry from the demons was two two more of the if two of those goals had have gone through in the first quarter. Mm. It's probably yeah, were, lights out. It's probably we're probably looking down the barrel of a seventy point plus romp. Wasn't to be. I know. I know that's. I know that's a, a, a hypothetical of the highest order, but. Um, it did feel like we weren't, you know, there was a lot of elements of the game that, and I think they maybe mentioned this in the interview afterwards, there's still stuff to work on, but mm. it didn't feel like a complete performance. We have in the past though, Damo, bemoaned the fact that we leave games till the fourth quarter and we let the, we give the, you know, opposition false hope to get in front and then we come home with these barnstorming runs, became mm. famous, became signature. It is, I think, pleasing that in, in the place of the basting strategy, where you slowly baste the meat, um, make it succulent, keep those juices, you know, spooning it over the top, and you, it's, a, it's a slow cook before the meat falls off the bone at the very end you win. It feels to me like we've transitioned to an early culinary torch uh, methodology. Mm. Are you familiar with yep. culinary torches? I am, yeah, 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 yeah. So for listeners, that's the thing. It's like a bl- little blowtorch. Yeah. And that's the thing you finish the creme brulee yeah. with um, incredible yeah. heat, like blue blue heat, and you yeah, or, or sear some um, sea urchin. You could sear some sea urchin. Carse. Yeah, I'm going to go awesome. with the creme brulee. Okay, um, yep, yep, good, sweet. Good, good. And of course, the sugar in the custard is the thing that right. emulsifies, emulsifies, mm. and caramelizes, and you get that delicious hard crust on top of the creme brulee, and then. Listen, of yeah. course, once you've got the hard crust, which we had after the first quarter, you've got the opposition trying to tap, 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 get out of there. Mm. The custard, the custody opposition. It's like yeah. Oliver with his pasty, flabby kind of, you know, love handles. He's underneath the hard crust 
of the culinary torched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. See, yeah. Uh, to me, to me, it felt more like you know when you like flash sear a steak and oh, you yeah. just seal it, and then you put it in an oven just right. for fifteen minutes to kind of yes, sort of sit and and, and cook. It definitely felt like a game where we, we sort of the 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 plan was to absolutely blitz mm. quarter one and then just lock in, just absolutely lock those juices in. Yes, that's good for I the like for that. the remaining three quarters, <laughs> and just you know, just like grim yeah. death, just be um sort of cooking from the inside out and, and then um, beautifully pink when you finally cut it open. Ping the oven opens, you pull it out, pink. and it's just people people. If they don't see it, if you don't have one of these modern kitchens, mm. which is like part of the dining room or part of the living room, if you just if you have the old school style where you have to come in from a separate room mm. and they cut into that meat, you have to they let instantly the- want to know how you've done it, and you never give away the so you no. never tell them it was done in the oven. No, but when you retrieve it from the oven, you then have to let the meat sit. And you have that's to sit. Yeah, yeah. In the fourth yeah, quarter, we sat. We sat in their back yeah. line. We sat in the quarter, juice. Give it a good twenty. Quainor sat in the juice. Yeah, the Beautiful. juice pocket. Well, I think that's um, um, I think that's yeah. That's probably as more. many culinary analogies we can. Yeah, yeah. Let's move one more. One more thing that caught my um, ear. Yeah. Slash eye was, and I had a. It was a nice little moment, but um, when Brody Grundy flashed up on screen, obviously seeing yeah, and it was forty eight rows back. Yeah, it was funny and unexpected, but very Brody to dismiss the usual expectations of behavior and acknowledge yeah. the camera. But there was a good response. I thought there was a warm response from the um yeah. from the throng. Well, isn't it ironic that like now it's almost like he's more Collingwood now than ever because he's yeah. been dropped. And it's like we're the only ones on here because we know those vultures at Casey Fields wherever that is do not rate him. But we still no. rate him. And that's the weird irony of yeah, the situation. Yeah. We still yeah. rate Brody. Um yeah. and Melbourne doesn't yeah. So what a strange situation. And what there's a, talk of him being situation. brought back because obviously Van Royen um, gave a nasty little elbow to the jaw, so he's out. So maybe Grundy gets another go. But we've talked so much about Melbourne. Let's get back to Collingwood. I've got one little gripe from my experience on the weekend, and that was I, um, I'm sure this is commonplace. Okay. And I don't know where I sit on it, but as I entered the ground, I was caught behind two fans. Mm. Dressed head to toe in Carlton supporter gear. Oh, fuck, I hate like that. Like jumpers, like wearing jumpers and shit. That is and then when absolute I, personal hatred of the highest order of mine. And, and then when I got to my seat, there was like two quiet lads, you know, you know, unassuming sitting, sitting to my left. Mm. And upon closer inspection, there were two Carlton supporters. I don't get it. Like the, the moment of going into your walk-in robe. And looking at your array of, you know, apparel that you can don for the yeah, game. For the game. And then you reach neutral. out for your irrelevant um, supporter apparel that is not playing that day. Like what it's are you thinking? It's a bizarre decision, thinking, isn't it? I'm going to like, I'm going to proudly represent this game because I, I would never, I'd probably never go to a non-Collingwood game. <laughs> but if I did, mm. on a rare occasion when I do, I would never wear Collingwood gear. It's, it's bullshit, disrespectful. And at a final... When there's, there's there's supporters, genuine supporters who weren't able to get a seat, mm. I think it's just like so unnecessary.
All right, well, let's get into hard news. And we are, of course, going to dive into what we're calling the OJ smother. Uh, reminiscent of Maynard in a Ford Bronco fleeing from the feds. Well, no, not really, but that's kind of how it is playing out at the moment. What's What was your, what was your immediate mm. take? At the time, I didn't see it. And the Melbourne supporters behind me went ballistic saying that Maynard had felled someone. Yep. And I thought, um, you know, I thought there'd been a bust up. Some, and someone said, oh, Petrarca's down. And I was like, good, good. But it wasn't Petrarca, it was <laughs> some other dude. Racial. Good play as well. Um, yeah, so I didn't see it. So then I was kind of scrambling to... It took him a while to play the replay, I think. Um, and then I, th- I think, look, for supporters at the ground, it's very easy and very swift to fall into line behind your player because you're in this mentality where you're at war in that moment war. and yeah. you're, you're trying to do whatever you can to support your team. Um, so the kind of grey areas and the gradations of, you know, what we believe um, is, is the right and just thing in this scenario have kind of come out of the woodwork in the days since obviously and have taken over the football world but at the time you're just like what else was he meant to do that's that was the first that was the first defense like you can't disappear out of thin air defense right what do you what do you think because I'm, I'm the same as you i didn't see it mm. and then it sort of flashed up and i don't even think i registered that it was a smother mm. um uh, until until after the game, but um, I, I feel like not to, not to kind of dwell on the on the on the thoughts during mm. game because I think mm. most of it sort of played out in the in the in the subsequent day or two mm. post. But even when even when there was that whole AF like the general manager of football overruling, mm. you know, Michael, Premiership. Collingwood footballer Michael Christian, mm, who who reportedly tonight put his job on the line, right? And then um, slowly, I believe, um, you know, through dialogue, strong-armed, agreed mm. on a joint statement type scenario. Well, this is the thing, right? Like, you know, I, I I'm no lawyer, no silk, mm. um, but surely with the AFL looking down the barrel of a joint litigation, they have to be. This is an ass covering, yes, you know. This is an ass-covering move from the AFL, knowing full well that any decent lawyer, probably any shit lawyer, mm. will be able to argue for Maynard getting off, which we completely assume is going to take place here. But um, they're duty-bound as part of the concussion litigation, and yeah, it's almost like they had to do that. It's kind of like it's, it's kind of like a um, a hoop, legal hoop. Yeah, I like think, a like a dog at one of those shows. I think it's um, future proofing is kind of what mm. it is. It's like yeah, when that litigation takes place in like eleven years or fifteen years, and you know Brayshaw's the worst for his history of concussions. Yeah, they can go back and point to these key moments where they defended the head and they acted in the interests of you know reducing concussions. So that's kind of the elephant in the room is. There are all these other forces at play that are influencing the debate. That's one of them is the, the litigation with the AFL. Yeah. 
The other we've kind of touched on is just the really hectic and desperate um, situation at Melbourne where they really needed to win that, and so now they haven't. They need some. They need a, a scapegoat, I think, so they can they can like lay blame at the feet yeah. of you know Maynard and then at the system for not you know defending their player. The other thing which is not said um, is you know there are players running around who are really susceptible to concussion. Now we're never going to know if the roles were reversed and Maynard got landed on by Brayshaw. We never know what happened, but I'd say that, and this is I'm not trying to like victim blame here, but I'd say that there'd be some likelihood, some potential that someone like Braden Maynard would not be knocked out for two minutes by an impact to the head, whereas you know the, yeah. we talk a lot about like, but you won't know that you won't know that until you cut the skull open. Yeah, well, so, it's, it's okay. It's a moot point because <laughs> I get we're it. Not gonna cut I, I agree open. with you. You might have a Neanderthal skull, for all I know. I think they had really hard like skulls. A, yeah, what's a cassowary? Manor. Like a cassowary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are entering. We are entering the era, and it pains me to say this, um, but we are entering the era of, you know, a concussion final, where you know because. Let's face it, finals are a different level of football. Mm. You are you, you play a final a very in, without stating the goddamn obvious, which we tend to do sometimes. <laughs> Hard explain, but we you play a final very differently to round one, right? Mm. So you tend to go in harder, faster. It's more ferocious. The uh, you know the 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 speed of the game is is breakneck, mm. and so. Inevitably, there's going to be. I'm not a statistician either, but there's going to be a higher percentage of, of head knocks. I imagine in finals football because you are literally throwing, you know, your body into the contest, and we're just we're sort of at that point now where there's going to be, you know, casualties in almost yeah. every finals game. Like, and I think we've almost seen that, right? Like, not every single finals game, but there's been incidences. There was one in the Carlton match. There was two in the Collingwood Melbourne one. I didn't watch the other shit, so who knows? But well, this is the um, frustrating thing: is that yeah, are we are we sanctioning um, the action or the outcome? Like, mm. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's so easy to retrace and trace back over, you know, the debate kind of from both sides. But there's rules in place. Um, you're allowed to smother, and sometimes there's going to be incidental contact, um, an accidental contact. And yeah. if, if you oh. haven't elected to bump, if you know, I just. I think that the case, as the rules stand, the case against May- Maynard is flimsy. I saw some vision tonight also. Well, it's actually just in the vision. But it was brought to my attention that Brayshaw moves um, when, when Maynard's in the air and so can't adjust his trajectory. After Brayshaw kicks it, he actually moves in Maynard's direction. So he's he's also added to – It's it takes two to tango, right? And it's an unfortunate tango. It's an ugly tango. It's two people that aren't good at dancing. It's last tango in Paris end. style. Yeah, can can I just can I just look at so fuck? When is when is this tribunal? We just need to stop talking about it. Well, the way they, we, we need to just move weeks, on. It's going to go for another week and end up at the court or whatever. We're taking it to the Supreme, are we? I'm we're just running enough. it all so the way we're to Canberra on Monday night, or is that in Melbourne? Um, when is the tribunal? Is it tonight or tomorrow night? I don't know. This is it. They, they just need. They should have been done. They should have done this on. On Thursday night, mm. 45 minutes after the game, just do it from the showers. 
Well, that's kind of what Michael the Christian's job is. They just they just raid it and then get on with it. And things aren't meant to go to the tribunal unnecessarily. When is the Maynard? I don't know tribunal hearing. So. I've got an idea. So with, with concussion potentially Tuesday, ruling players out. 4 p.m. Oh, is it, when is it? Tuesday. Okay, Tomorrow. 4 p.m. Yeah, but that's that's nothing because it's going to be repealed. I mean, we're going to be talking about this for two weeks, aren't we? We're going to be talking about this up until the 11th hour of the preliminary final. The tribunal can throw it out or they yeah. can uphold the three weeks plus and then there'll be an appeal. And I think the appeal process might go into next week. Yeah, they should do at the tribunal. They should introduce a um, a toss the boss style promotion. Whereas if you are staring down the barrel of three weeks, I mean, maybe this is something for sports bet to get him like double or nothing. With. Double or nothing. Mm. Remember, remember back in the day, you could toss the boss for the drinks. Yeah, <laughs> Just flip a coin. I hope Maynard doesn't rock up. Maybe not. You know. No drinks. laughing matter. No, concussions, of course. You've got to wear a starchy collar and be very. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. you can't don the Jack Daniel shirt. Yeah, I do. Players of your. Um, it was reported that obviously Melbourne players went to Brayshaw's house the day after, or a couple of days yeah. after, and checked in on him. It was reported that also Maynard did, and yes, Maynard bought took a bottle of wine, which I thought was like borderline inappropriate for a man who said his skull crushed him. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. This is for the red wine replay, Gus. You'd bring some smelling salts, if anything. Okay, so there's been a slight delay in releasing the pod. And in the meantime, we've had a update. Break news. Bruzzy has been cleared, available to play. I'm not sure whether, where that lands us with like possible AFL appealing that. Um, I'm not sure if we know that at this stage. Literally, the news has just come through that Chair Gleeson of the Tribunal um, has found, along with his compadres, that um, Menard's decision was reasonable. He committed to the action several metres away. We are not at all satisfied, said the Tribunal, that a reasonable player would see that the impact or outcome that resulted were inevitable. Um, so, yeah, the AFL came out with some fairly, I think, predictable lines of argument. And the one which kind of I thought was quite a, Convincing, which I've heard uh, from the Collingwood lawyers, of course, Pies Wide Shut, we always have access to the best, uh, the best lawyers in the land to concoct these defences. But the, the evidence I liked was the lane of evidence where they drew kind of dotted lines on a, on a still from the behind the goals vision, which showed Brayshaw veering into Maynard's lane, hence contributing. Uh, to the possibility of the collision. Um, in any case, uh, we've probably all heard way too much on this topic. I, I do hope that um, Angus recovers. And notwithstanding a loss to Carlton this weekend, I hope that he gets back to play. I also hope that um, all the Melbourne supporters out there are crying into their Grange Hermitage, or even better, um, smashing their Grange Hermitage on on the front doorsteps in solidarity um, with the Brayshaws and the Melbourne teammates who who didn't respect or didn't um, didn't like Braden rocking up with his red wine in, in an act of apology. I think that justice has been served and now we get to sit back for 10 days, put our feet up, pour a glass of chilled Shiraz 
and watch other opposition players get gruesomely injured. Uh, let's move on. Just please, just for some respite. I'd love to talk to you about finals themes. Now, we've been talking all year about, um, you know, other coaches stealing from the McRae playbook, which we call the McRae book. Um, first was wholesomeness. Did we? It was getting parents involved. It was, what was it? What, what else did they do? What did Voss do? He had the cupcakes for the media. But now it's finals themes. And did you read the story about the Port Adelaide? Uh, yeah, Final okay. scene. This well, was a, this was an you absolute and I went belter. to that movie together. At the we did. Premiere. We went to the premiere. Yeah, that's it. We saw it, it was a bit long. A bit long yeah, last time. The half problem with a nuclear analogy is it could go one or two ways, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it could. It could absolutely. It could blow up in your face. Mm. Sorry for that one. Um, but I loved. I love the commentary from Hinkley when door stopped at the um, at the Adelaide airport, and by that stage the. Uh, the story was out of control and he was in full, you know, had his fire hat on. He had the hose. He was just trying to pour water on it. And, and the journalists were giving him no such out. And his quote was, it's just a little story about how people had come together over a long period of time to work really hard on one single thing to get the outcome they were trying to get. Well, killing like hundreds of thousands of people. Well, Japanese. this is the whole, this is the joke, right? <laughs> and you could see him sort of like just completely, you know, dig yeah. a hole under the, uh, under the tarmac at, uh, at Adelaide Airport. Well, the thing about Oppenheimer is, as detailed in the film, is then his whole career was then undermined um, and he's, you know, his legacy was smeared. Backstabbing, so I smeared, feel like, uh, chased old, out. Old, uh, what's his name? The Ken. Emperor. Maybe they didn't watch the last. Maybe they left. He, he's 45 at risk minutes of having to go. his own legacy smeared if they go out in straight sets. I thought, I thought, well, <laughs> I was thinking about what would have been more appropriate for Hinckley and... Um, I was thinking of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, where um, the Emperor, the Darth mm. Sidious, the Palpatine, oversees the the first Death Star construction. <laughs> Him yeah. in the robe with the backlight. Like, the, it just would have been. It, it's the same thing, right? Really, yeah. Port Adelaide is clearly the partly built Death Star. It's just not <laughs> not quite like space worthy yet. I think if um if Port are looking for like inspiration around a group of guys, you know, coming together. Um, he should look no further than Craig McRae's 2023 Collingwood. Now, wouldn't it be good if you got McRae and Lepich mm. to fly, <laughs> fly over to Port Adelaide? Now, hear me out on this. Uh-huh. Um, through the week to talk about, no, that wouldn't work. <laughs> it wouldn't work get- what, for logistical reasons, <laughs> the flight, or the fact that they're employed by the Collingwood Football Club. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I mean, um, let's be honest, where, where this might be heading is also has like a story, layers, um, layers of story behind it, is that the Collingwood-Brisbane potential grand final. Given that those two individuals that's right. played in probably two, I think they both played in two, Winning grand finals over at Collingwood to go back and um, you know get one back on behalf of the. They played. What, what yeah. are you talking about? They played in all three, didn't they? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, but only two of them were against Collingwood. <clears throat> so oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's a thing. I'm sure that will get brought up in the in the week before the grand final if it happens. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wind up on a bit of a lighter note. It's been a really big week for uh, big magpies. Mm. And um, we're not talking about Coxie. We are talking about Big Swoop. 
a 3.5 meter sculpture of a magpie eating a chip by Canberra resident and artist Yanni Punazzi mm. um, has been immortalized as a coin by the Royal Australian Mint. Now, the theme for this um, collection of coins by the Royal Australian Mint is uh, Aussie big things, which is essentially a celebration of a, an Aussie road trip where you can, right. you know, drive Pineapples, around the country and see the big prawn and the big bananas, lobster and the big yeah, big bananas. What's your favourite big thing? Oh, it has to be this, doesn't it? Big swoop. See, I'm partial to the big potato in Robertson. Okay. Um, which is, I think it's been used as a little kind of syringe kind of cracked in for the last 30 years <laughs> and it looks like the a truck giant toilet. turd. Yeah. <laughs> But still, Robertson in New South Wales. <laughs> what are those? What are those? What do you call those potatoes with the, um, you know, all the sour cream and the coleslaw in them? What's that? The jacket like potato. Jacket potato. Yeah. <laughs> jacket potato. Um, no, don't go to that ever. Um, so yeah, the coin features big swoop, mm. a black and white Australian magpie weighing uh, half a ton, stretching three and a half meters long, mm. and so that was the first story. And then the second story we got. We received, thanks to our hardest, closer to home, last month after many months of anticipation, almost, I think, I think Canberra's stolen Euroa's thunder here, but after many months of anticipation, probably should have sped this one up a bit quicker, um, a magpie sculpture, mm. also three and a half metres in height, was unveiled in Jamie Elliott's uh, former shire, mm-hmm. uh, the Strathbogie Shire. And so the, the magpie sculpture is, is, is alive, it's up, it's erected. Mm. Um, and now the council is calling on the community to help name the giant tin bird, mm. um, which adorns the Seven Creeks Park and apparently has been drawing crowds from across the region and further afield, I don't mention where, mm. um, to check it out. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Alex, and I'm gonna, we're going to do a job here for the Strathbogie. It's a great mm. name, Strathbogie, Shire Council. What would you call the mm. uh, large tinned magpie in your roller? Well, I'm going to cheat here. Okay. Because I thought about You've heard of this answer. story, have you? Right. And my answer paled in unimaginativeness compared to harder Doug Fawcett, who – hang on. Is, is Doug Fawcett a harder or is he just he, – he might not be harder, but he's replied on the internet. Right. He said, when I think Euroa and Magpies, I think Jamie Elliott. I reckon Elliot would be a worthy name. And that's there's poetry in that. Elliot, the magpie. And shout out to Finn Murphy, who runs the Seven Creeks Hotel next to the park. Who I know nice one. many years back. Beautiful. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna end with a question. Which Have you got not- a name? No, not really. <laughs> I'm just gonna call it Big Swoop Two. Um but I'm going to end with a question here, Alex. Right. Um, and I want to know how you're going to spend a weekend mm. when Collingwood are not playing. It's a good question. Um, well, as we know, the entire purpose of the weekend off is it's nothing to do with, you know, Jared Wade massaging Nick's knee for another weekend, although that's a happy coincidence. It's so us harders who've been working hard all week, as prof- all, all year, all season as professional broadcasters can take a well-deserved rest. And I'm going to, um, in, this, in the spirit of 
Steel Sidebottom, who when asked about the week off said, I hope, um, <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> it got a rise out of me. He said, it's nice to get a week off. Hopefully other teams go bash the shit out of each other. <laughs> and there's always that thing. It's like you're, it's one of those weeks where you're really hope, hoping for grievous bodily harm on the football field. I love it. I love that you said that because I know everyone's been thinking about it, even McRae, even Steele. Mm. Let's, let's face it, this weekend is, is injury watch. Yeah. Like a, um, like a bloodthirsty lion mm. in the Serengeti or a, uh, an apex great white mm. off the mm. coast of Cape Town. We are going to be just swimming in the waters, mm. looking, smelling for a drop of blood or potentially a wounded uh, wildebeest or some kind of boar. <laughs> To uh, let's find, oh look, everyone's thinking it. sickness, we, we, damnation. The only one that's going to go there, the only podcast that's going to go there. But look, we don't want anyone maimed or you know. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, the way I would want to answer your question, the way I would watch said um, blood sport is, I'm planning on buying an iPad anyway. I yeah. might get it before the weekend, and I want to put it underneath the massage table so I can see through the hole, the face hole. <laughs> And so when I'm getting the rub with the oils um, yep. down at Tranquil Elements in Thornbury, shout out <laughs> to Tranquil. Hope I get a discount massage for this. Is that a reputable one? Yep, no happy yep. endings. It's very reputable. It's fantastic. It's a Thai massage. Um, okay, right. I'll position the screen so I can watch players, quote, that would be good. beating the shit out of each other while I'm getting a rub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that would be a good idea. That would be good. Maybe I'll check out that Tranquil Elements, but. I don't, I don't want to get too. I don't want to get too slinky because there's a big preliminary final coming up. So, well, this is the thing: is we don't have to think about that, and we won't think about that until Monday. And that's, are you doing that's deep tissue? Are you doing it, relaxation? Else, it's, the, it's the psychological rest factor, right. which is important, right? Yeah. Mm. I'm just looking at the Tranquil Elements website now. Do you do the deep tissue or the stone massage? What's well, one of those things oil. like they list all these types, but at the end of the day, you just call up and ask for a rub, and they, they don't seem to ask many questions. Yeah. So I do ask for a firm. <laughs> call it a rub. <laughs> it's it's totally it's more of a need, isn't it? It's more like kneading dough. It's not rubbing. I do ask for well, a firm. I ask for a firm. I, I like them to get in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get in there. You want to yep. you want to be borderline discomfort at times, and then other times you're floating off. You're floating off into kind of dream world watching Toby Green's leg hang by a shred <laughs> of skin through the hole. You just, want some, you just want some corkies. That's all we're asking. We're, all, we're only asking for corkies. Hi, I'm Nick Dacos from the Collingwood Football Club and this is Pie Hard. Okay, Alex, enjoy, enjoy that. Um, everyone listening, we hope you have a uh, fantastic weekend off and um, recharge those vocal cords. Mm. and. Um, Plug in the lime scooters. Mm-hmm. Do what you need to do. How did you get and, to the game, um, by the way? Just quickly. Um. Oh yeah. I I was walking, and then I thought it'd be quicker to take an Uber, and that's a, an absolute yeah, rookie error. Such a rookie. It's but, like sideways but, rain. You're stuck. So in I got an Uber. no, no. So I got caught. Oh no, I got caught in an Uber in like you know lockdown New York City style traffic. Right. But as I was in the Uber, that you know, horrific sideways rain shower occurred. Mm. Um, and then when the heavens cleared, I realized I wouldn't make it in time. So I got out and walked. 
but it was a very strategic and well spent thirty six dollars and twenty cents to go point three of a kilometer mm. because you weren't my drenched. Socks were were dry for the duration, and we haven't even spoken about the weather. But that was just fucking crazy, wasn't it? Like it was predicted that it would be like this apocalyptic mm. rainstorm. Short lived. Did it even rain during the game at all? I think it rained during the warm up. No, I don't think it rained during the game. Yeah, you just maybe there was know. a light, a light sprinkle at, at one point. You just that never was, know, and I can see that Lionel Richie weather's on the way, and I know that it's going to get up to like mid twenties. I feel like, yeah, I think we could be with all talk of um, climate change, which we take mm. seriously on this pod. It could we could be in for like the world record grand final uh, temperature, fifty degrees or something. I just like realistically like imagine a thirty-five degree grand final, like the hectic. Imagine the antics at pubs across Melbourne if it's mm. 35 degrees. Jesus. What about a snowing grand final? I reckon they've had them before. Moved on? Okay. Ah, We've done them. A bit of heat this Mansfield. Time. A bit of flow. Craig Kelly up in Mansfield. Culinary torch. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. <clears throat> at Pie Hard Podcast is where you will find us. We will be back on the same time next week for a, um, a red hot uh, pre-preliminary final podcast. Um, until then, we hope you have a wonderful week. We and, do. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Alex, thanks for listening. It's a pleasure to Enjoy be here enough. with you. And I look forward to doing absolutely nothing on the weekend. It's going to be so nice. We're going to be ready. We're going to be ready for next week, baby. Oh, we're going to have a spring in our steps. Our calves are never going to be, they're going to be, uh, mm. they're going to be jelly by the time we're ready to go. All right, this is Pie Hard. has no association with Tranquil Elements Thornbury. Piehard has no Piehard has no affiliation with Tranquil Elements Beauty Salon and Thai Massage in Thornbury. Is it a beauty salon? That's what it says on the website. Fuck, I didn't know. I could have all these years I could have I could have doled myself up. Maybe that's a pre-grand final thing for us to do as a yeah, um, <laughs> I had one. Life. I had one on my birthday. What? And you said I was suspect with my truffle shaver. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>